begin uh, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. Amen. Amen. 1 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 7. Thank you, Jesus. The Bible says that in the last days, people will always be learning, but they'll never come to the knowledge of the truth. It's like they just, you know, you ever seen back tires of an empty pickup truck just spinning in the wet grass? <laughs> you know, it's like no traction, uh, no forward progress, no, no movement. And um, I believe there's different reasons why that's the case, but I believe one of the reasons it, that people are always learning, never coming to the knowledge of the truth is how they're taught. And um, if, you know, here at Heritage, we maybe do things a little different than, than perhaps some other places, but we tend to be led by the Spirit to a certain topic or subject, and then we drive a stake in the ground, man. And, um, and we stay there until He moves us on from that. And I'll just be honest with you, there's times that I get ready to move on, um, <laughs> but it's not time to move on, amen. And um, so we're going we're gonna to camp here for a little while longer, and I appreciate um, your patience and endurance. Um, just remember that no matter how much you know and how much you've grown, there's still something else for you to see. There's still something else in any verse in the Bible that you haven't seen yet. That's the, the depth and the vastness of, of our Father's wisdom for your life. And um, he showed us that in the early days of heritage some 21 years ago now when he led us to the first 11 verses in John, the second chapter, Jesus' first miracle. And um, we spent week after week after week there for almost, I think, a little over three years on Wednesday nights. And we never did exhaust it all. There's still truth there. From time to time, I'll hear somebody preach on that passage. Man, I turn it up. Man, I won't hear what they got to say. You know, and, and sure enough, they're saying things that in three years we never said. And so, you know, to, to become um, so familiar with the passage that it, it's, it becomes a part of you it, it, it's something that um, is imprinted on your heart. Um, you know, you can hear something once, and because there's such resistance surrounding the word, amen, in other words, faith by hearing, and not by having heard, by hearing and hearing and hearing. So anyway, praise God. 1 Corinthians 2 and 7, it says, But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. Let me, um, let me ask you something tonight. When is the last time you asked our Heavenly Father for wisdom? When is, when is the last time, how long has it been since you've asked him to, uh, to give you 
his wisdom. I'm not trying to put you on the spot. I'm, again, I'm asking, uh, amen. I believe that a prayer for wisdom is one of the most neglected prayers in all of Christianity. And I believe at the same time, it's also one of the most important prayers in all of Christianity. James tells us in James chapter 1, verse 5, that if any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all men. King James Version reads, liberally and he upbraideth not. What that simply means is, you ask God for wisdom, he's not going to give you a little bit, he's going to give you a lot of wisdom. Liberally, right? Generously. And that, that phrase from the King James that says he upbraideth not, it means he's no respecter of persons. I don't know how long it's been since you've read the book of James. But James has a different tone to it. James, um, it, it's like if you read Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, while Matthew, Mark, and Luke are different, there's similarities in those three gospel accounts, but John is the outlier. Do you understand what I mean by that? It's, there's a different tone to it. And the reason there's a different tone to it is because of the closeness of John to Jesus. John knew him more intimately. He, he, he walked with him more closely. He had a greater, here's this word again, revelation of the love of God than others had. It's like if you go to the Old Testament, King David had what could literally be called um, way before his time, way before it was really even supposed to be understood the way he understood it, a revelation of the love that God has for us. Amen. And John had that. And because John had that, it was, that perspective comes through in his writings. The same is true, but in a slightly different way, but still true, of, the, of, of James, the book of James. Those of you who aren't aware, James was Jesus' half-brother. Um, Mary was his mother, but Joseph was James' father. Mary was Jesus' mother, but the Holy Spirit was Jesus' father. And James didn't believe Jesus was the Son of God until after he was raised from the dead. But he had that unique experience of being raised up with Jesus. He had that front row seat, if you will, to the life of Jesus. And, it, and it's James who provides the perspective. For instance, it's James who says faith without works is dead. Not that faith isn't important, but, but faith that sits idle is dormant and is not accomplishing anything. And so it's James, it's James that the Holy Spirit spoke to us and he said, if there's any sick among you, let him, what, call for the elders of the church. Right? And they'll anoint him with oil, lay hands on him, prayer of sick will, will, will heal the sick, save the sick, and if he's committed sin, he'll be forgiven. Right? A lot of times in, in church settings, 
the, the elders, the leaders, the servant leaders in the church, they call for the sick. That's not what James said. James said, if you're sick, you need to, you know, call for someone that you recognize as being over you, that you've submitted yourself to, an elder in the church, and, and ask them to lay hands on you and anoint you with oil and pray for you. Do you see the difference there? The, the fact that we're saying, hey, I've, I've got a need in my life that um, I need some help with. And, and so that act of, of submission, that act of, of humbling yourself um, and, and saying, you know, would, would you please, and, and by the way, I, you know, I don't know if you've ever like had people lay hands on you. I don't know if you've ever laid hands on someone to pray for them. Um, again, it's kind of a new thing, especially if you do what the Bible says and you put oil on them, you know, it's like, man, you know, getting all up in people's personal space here. But all of that, of course, is among other things, obedience, obviously, but it's also, it's, it's submission. It's, it's saying, you know, I, I need some help. I need somebody else, you know, to, 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 that loves me and cares for me and is over me uh, to pray with me and, and agree with me. All right. So that same tone we see where he's talking about if you're a hearer only and not a doer. So the idea is that hearing the Word of God is extremely important. Having faith, again, extremely important. But there's something that we need to do. There's something that I need to do in response to that. There's something that, that, you know, that, that we, we need to act upon and not just hear it. And, and be blessed or touched by it, feel better about ourselves because we heard it, but never, you know, that action of following through, okay? Now, I'm not here to teach you on the whole book of James tonight. I'm just trying to paint that picture so that now we go back to what he said in chapter 1, verse 5. If any man lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. So notice it's the same, if, if any, any sick among you, let him call for the elders of the church. If there's anyone who lacks wisdom, let him ask of God. Do you see that the act of contrition, do you see that act of, of humility and submission by acknowledging that there's an issue in my life where I'm, I'm stuck, I, I can't seem to get past this, I, I keep dealing with this over and over again. I've done, how many times have I, you know, I thank God he's redeemed me from this, but I used to say, I'm doing everything I know to do, right? Doing everything I know to do. I mean, I, I would say that like I was some brilliant genius that knows everything there is to do. Finally realized the Lord just prompted me one day. He said, son, you do realize that, that you know, you don't know everything there is to do. You know, just because I'm doing everything I know to do, that's not the end. That's, that's not my limit. When I get to the place where I'm doing all that I know to do and I'm still not getting the results that I need, thank God, um, you know, my Father in heaven has wisdom for me and He'll show us what to do beyond what we know to do. And that's where the breakthrough comes. That, that's where the, um, the results uh, can, can be found. That's where we get unstuck um, and, and are able to start making progress again. But notice that that comes through wisdom. That breakthrough comes from wisdom. We've talked about how the wisdom releases our potential. 
and, and how apart from the, God's wisdom being revealed to us, the potential that we already have will remain dormant inside of us, but the revelation of God's wisdom will unlock it. And now all of a sudden, what used to be a wall becomes a doorway. What used to be uh, an insurmountable problem becomes an opportunity. Are you, are you see what I'm saying? And, and it's wisdom and the perspective that fresh wisdom adds that enables us to, to move forward. So that's why I began where I began tonight when I asked you, when is the last time you've asked the Lord for wisdom? If, if I could just, amen, if, if I could just encourage you to start asking Him for wisdom at least every day. At least every day. It is absolutely, bar none, the number one prayer request in my life. It, it's, it's the one thing that I ask my Father for um, practically every morning, and, and then not just every morning, but, but, but even then throughout the day. Um, I pray that prayer in Ephesians over myself, over my family, over my family of faith, over my foundry family, and over my family of ministry partners in various places around the world. I pray it, I pray it constantly. As Paul said, I never cease to give thanks for and make mention of you in my prayers, and I pray that our Father will give to each one of us a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of God, in the knowledge of God. In other words, that, that we would have wisdom revealed to us from the vast stack of stuff that God knows, that His knowledge would become wisdom and revelation to us. Wisdom's, remember, wisdom is the ability to take knowledge. Um, knowledge comes in pieces. Putting the pieces together paints a picture of understanding. And then, but wisdom is when we're able to take that knowledge and understanding and, and produce a result with it. Wisdom is all about results. Which means God's wisdom is all about God's results. And His results being produced in your life. Now, I got some other notes tonight, but I just I want to stay focused here for a minute. In Proverbs chapter 4, verse 7, the Bible says, Wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the principal thing. Now, that's principal spelt P-R-I-N-C-I-P-A-L. Now, like a principle, like wisdom, okay, uh, or a, you know, live by this principle, that's spelled L-E. He's not, he's not saying a, a principle of wisdom. He's saying wisdom is the principal thing, right? The, the principle of the school is spelled A-L. And the principal of the school will oversee the teaching of certain principles to the students. You follow me? So when he says that wisdom is the principal thing, principle, are you ready? It means what's most important, 
and is used to designate the one factor that determines the way things turn out more than any other factor. Now, we, we could spend some time right here tonight. Uh, let, let's, let's go back again. Wisdom is the principal thing. This word principle means what's most important. Wisdom, according to what our Father's Word says to us, is the most important thing. So do you see why he says, if you need wisdom, admit, acknowledge that you need it, and ask me, and ask me in faith, and, and by faith I will give it to you. Amen. And do you see why, since it's the principal thing, the most important thing, this is what we should be asking for. When you consider, and we started one of the more unique portions in, in the Ephesians class. We're, we're uh, now into chapter 6 um, after 18 years. No, I'm kidding. It's been a while. I don't know how long it's been, but it's been a while. And, 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 in, and in Ephesians, he's, he's talking about, um, in this portion, he's talking about literally how slaves, born-again slaves, should, should carry themselves, right? And, and, and how they should uh, respond, and, 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 and all because of, of a recognition, a deeper recognition of, of who they are and, and the hand of God um, that, that is upon them, okay? So anyway, let, I don't know why that's jumping up in my heart right now, but let, let me go back to this. So principle means what's most important, so, back to the later portion of Ephesians, Paul's letter to the Ephesians was addressed to a lot of folks and a lot of issues in the church. Lots of, lots of issues in the church. Uh, questions about marriage, questions... Remember now, th th these, a lot of these folks are, were not raised in Judaism. They... they some of them were. Some of them were Jewish converts. But there's a whole lot of folks now that are getting born again that don't know anything about God or His ways or, or, or any of that. And, and so slavery, uh, history tells us that, that there were sections of Asia Minor that there were more slaves than free men. So no wonder the Bible addresses this and speaks to this. But... But here's the point that I'm trying to make. The one prayer that Paul consistently prayed for the church wasn't that they would have enough money, although they needed money just like any ministry operation needs money. Not that, in other words, not that the issues of, issues of slavery or marital issues or this or that. In other words, there's all kinds of really important things that he could have prayed about on a constant basis. And just like there's a whole lot of important things in our lives that, that we should and, and do pray about on a, a, a constant basis. But again, notice when it came to the things that Paul prayed, his, his most diligent prayer efforts were focused on people being enlightened and being given by God the ability to see what they've never been able to see before. Because he recognized, it's like, it's like give a man a fish, he'll eat one meal, teach him how to fish, and he'll eat the rest of his life. Paul recognized the, the importance 
of the individual members of the church receiving wisdom from God, not just from Him, not just from their leaders, not just from their pastors, but that the, that the Holy Spirit would reveal wisdom directly to the individual members of the church. This was the thing that Paul prayed for over and over and over again because he recognized that if that's happening, a lot of these other issues are going to resolve themselves. A lot of these other things that that are, are causing all kinds of problems and divisions and issues and strife and what have you in the church. In other words, he didn't just simply try to, to put out all those individual fires, but instead he, he looked at the one thing that would extinguish them all, the wisdom of God being revealed to those men and women. So again, this is why Paul prayed for that wisdom. This is why we're instructed to pray for that wisdom. It's because the Bible says, you know, in all you're getting, get wisdom. That wisdom is the principal thing. Wisdom is the most important thing. And that word principle, again, listen to this last part of the definition, all right? It says, <clears throat> and is used to designate the one factor that determines the way things turn out more than any other factor. This passage is literally saying wisdom is the most important thing and nothing affects the many outcomes in your life more than wisdom or the lack of it. I'm not really sure how to impress upon you uh, any, you know, beyond that, <laughs> at least uh, in the time we have tonight, how important the wisdom of God being revealed to us truly is. It, it is the difference maker. It, it is the one thing. <clears throat> and I, I know that when the Lord first began to speak to me about this, I'm like, we, we've already mentioned faith and there's a lot of important things, right? I, I know sometimes people over the years have asked me, I've said this enough that people don't really do it so much anymore, but you know, I used to have people ask me all the time, Pastor Mark, pray that I'll have faith. Well, you've got faith. There's no need for me to pray that you, you, you will have faith. The Bible says God's already given you faith. What are we missing? Knowledge and understanding where faith is concerned so that we can use the faith we've been given to produce results in our lives. That's wisdom. Whereas Paul didn't say, oh God, give the Ephesians faith. Oh, God, give the Ephesians faith. No, the Holy Spirit had already spoken through him to the Romans, right? In chapter 12, verse 3, I've dealt to every man the measure of faith. He, he didn't sit around begging God all the time to give people faith. Matter of fact, I believe Paul wrote Hebrews. We don't exactly know who wrote Hebrews, but he plainly says that it's not faith that we need. If, if there's anything that we need when it comes to operating in faith, he said we need endurance. We need to persevere so that after we've done the will of God, we may receive the, the, the benefit, the harvest, the reward for that which we've stood and prayed and believed. Amen. So there's a lot of things, listen to me please, there's a, there are a lot of things that we're asking God for on a daily basis that He's already given. He's, we're asking Him to do things He's already done. We're, we're asking, are you following what I'm saying? We're asking Him to change things He's already changed. We're asking Him to help us with things that He's already helped us with. So do you see why? Wisdom is the principal thing. 
It's the one factor above all other factors that has the most impact, something that's principal, has the most impact on the outcome. Amen. Amen. So we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, the hidden wisdom God ordained before the ages for our glory. <clears throat> Let me do this, and um, we'll... We won't have time to finish this, but I want you to imagine for a moment. Let me get just a little silly for just a moment. Anybody in here enjoy Gilligan's Island when you was a kid, that television show? Might have been my favorite show growing up um, and I guess in my childhood you know I was now you watch the show and it's like where do they keep getting them batteries you know what I'm saying I mean it's like for that radio you know it's, in other words you, you you have enough life experience to kind of see through the show you know but I was at the age when all that was was coming out that I really, I couldn't wait till next week's show because I really thought next week they're finally going to get off this island. And every time that it would look so promising that they were going to get off the island, and I would like, okay, finally, it's going to happen. It, and it, 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 it always, Gilligan did something stupid, you know, and it, it, it all fell apart. And I'm like, oh, hope springs eternal, so maybe next week, you know, they're finally going to get. And then I thought, well, gosh, you know, if they get off the island, I guess that'll be the end of the show. I, so then I wasn't sure if I wanted to root for them to get off the island or not. And, um, and then remember years later, they actually did the, the follow-up thing and, and they actually got off the island, but I was too old then. It's like, it didn't, you know, didn't make any sense to me. So I think, I don't know if it's because of Gilligan's Island, you know, that Tom Hanks then did that movie, uh, I think it was called Castaway, uh, the FedEx pilot who crashed and lived all those years on that island. And, so, I don't know, there's something, there's something about that concept, you know, trapped and you know, trying to escape and get off. Maybe, maybe all that's imprinted me. Um, but there are a lot of people in life, and, 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 and I'm talking about members of the body of Christ now, who are stuck on an island that they can't get off of. I call it the island where nothing ever changes. It's nothing ever changes. It's just, it's just the same, and, and we get excited about something changing, and we thought it did change, only to find out later that it didn't change. And the reason it didn't change is because we're on an island where nothing ever changes. It's just, it's just always the same. And that island, of course, can be circumstances, it can be all kinds of things that, that we just can't quite seem to break free from. Now. For every person who's stuck on the island where nothing ever changes, the ironic thing about it is there is a boat that's constantly circling that island, and there is a plane that constantly flies over that island. Sometimes it flies so low it almost touches the treetops. But the boat never docks and the plane never lands. And if you look very closely, on the stern of that boat and on the tail wing of that airplane are written these words. 
the wisdom of God. See, people who are stuck on the island where nothing ever changes, they're begging God to rescue them. They're begging God to get them off that island because nothing is ever changing. It's like, it's just the same old, same old. So much so, come on now, so much so, we talk about this in the book, right? That, that we even at times say, if, if not say it, we at least think it. Here we go again. Here we go again, right? Nothing ever changes. Now, that boat that our Father has sent to rescue us from the island where nothing ever changes, and that plane that He sends, it's His wisdom. It's His wisdom. He's not teasing you. He's not tormenting you. But there's something we've got to do to get into His boat of wisdom and get off the island where nothing ever changes. There's something we've got to do to enable the plane to land, to take us off the island where nothing ever changes. Again, the boat and the plane represent the wisdom of God. Okay? Amen. So we jump into that boat by faith. I'll show it to you in the Bible. And that plane... That plane lands, let me show you the verse, Proverbs chapter 9, verse 10. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. So the idea is, without the proper attitude towards our Father and His wisdom, there is nowhere for the plane he sent to rescue you, there's nowhere for it to land. Maybe we're digging too deep and we've gone too far. I'm just, I'm asking the Lord constantly, constantly, Lord, show me how to explain this better. And this is, amen, one of the ways that he's shown me to try to explain this to you. His, his, the plane of his wisdom, it's just always up there, right? And the boat just keeps going around and around the island. And you're like, God, why don't you land and and take me out of here? Why don't you dock and let me? No, no, see, only faith can get you in that boat. And only the proper respect for our Father will allow that plane to land so that it can take you places you've never been able to go before. Amen? Are you seeing it? Do you see why asking him every day for wisdom is so important? Now, listen, just, well, Pastor Mark said, ask for wisdom, so God, would you give me wisdom? No, it begins with a recognition that we need his wisdom. Amen? That we need his wisdom. Amen. Amen. Stand with me tonight. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we love you. Listen, I, I know that you, it's been a long day for a lot of us and you're probably ready to 
you know, head on out of here and maybe get something to eat and get some rest. I understand that. Um, could you just, instead of just listening to me pray, I'm going to pray, but instead of just listening to me pray and then let's all go home, could you just right where you're standing tonight, could you just, could you just bow your head and just from your heart, um, just, when I say from your heart, just sincerely, not because I'm asking you to do it, but just, amen, because there's something in you that's being stirred. Could you just write where you're standing tonight? Um, acknowledge before our Father that there's wisdom that He has that, that you don't have yet and that, and that you need, and would you ask Him for it, please? Amen. Father, as we, as we stand before you, sir, we first of all say thank you for everything that you've taught us, all that you've revealed to us, things that you've shown us, Father, that, that we would have never seen. We'd have lived our whole lives and died and never known a word about Jesus had you not revealed him to us. We, we would have lived our whole lives and, and died and went to a devil's hell had the truth of the gospel not, not been revealed to us. And so, Father, thank you. Thank you for all the things that you've shown us and taught us and helped us understand. Things, Father, that, that are precious in heaven that, that maybe for many years, Father, we didn't treat as precious, but we treat it as, as not really that important or not that big a deal. But, Father, our hearts have turned now. And so we, we stand before you, sir, and we acknowledge that you know things that we don't know, things that we need to know that'll get us different results in life, that'll make changes, Lord, that'll get us off this island where nothing ever changes and help us to make progress towards the best life that you created us to live. So, Father, we ask you for wisdom. I ask this evening, Father, that, that you give me wisdom, that you give my family, Lord, your wisdom. Father, that you give to this family of faith the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Father, that you give our uh, brothers and sisters at the Foundry. Lord, thank you for this partnership that you've established between Heritage and the Foundry and the, and the, and the countless numbers of lives, Father, that are being transformed for your glory. Father, that you would give them a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you, Lord. For um, our family of ministry partners, Lord, in different places around the world, some in the United States, Father, others in, in the far reaches, Lord. Uh, Pakistan, India, Tanzania, Indonesia, China, Lord, different places. Uh, Father, we ask that you give to them as well a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of you. Father, that our eyes would be enlightened, that we may know what is the hope of your calling. Lord, that we would understand what are the riches of the glory of your inheritance in each one of us, what you've already put inside of us that resides now inside of us as potential, Lord, and the exceeding greatness of your power directed towards our lives. The same power, Father, that was on display when you raised Jesus from the dead. Because, Father, when you raised him up from that grave and seated him at your own right hand, you raised all of us up together with him and seated, Lord, each of us there together with him at your right hand, far above all principality, power, might, and dominion, every name that is named, both in this age and the age it is to come, and have given Jesus to be head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him who fills all in all. Father, I thank you that the fullness of those verses and the truth of those verses, Father, would come alive inside of us, come alive inside of this family of faith, Lord. Father, thank you that of all the needs we may have, needs, financial needs, 
family restoration needs, physical healing needs, uh, breakthrough and deliverance needs, all of these needs, Father. Thank you that you've already met every one of them. You've already done everything that needs to be done in every situation that may be represented in this room. Father, if we're lacking, we're lacking wisdom and nothing else. If we're lacking, we're lacking wisdom. And so we ask you for it now, sir, please. In faith, we believe that we receive now. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. You, did you ask?